Okay, if you'd open up your Bibles to Matthew 24, we're going to be doing a few topical sermons, and then at the start of the new year, we'll get into uh, the book of Philippians. We just finished up uh, uh, the book of Ephesians, and we're going through the Bible, and so we'll be on the book of Philippians come January. Uh, But right now, I wanted to just talk a little bit about Christ's return, things to look for. We have handouts uh, in the back by the donation box on the table, and um, it's kind of a checklist. So if you notice that some of these things are happening uh, more frequently and in a bigger, bigger magnitude, it might be something you might want to check off and, and say, hey, I, I need to be ready. And the, the main concern for me today is not so much when exactly is Jesus coming back, uh, the main concern, I, I think, for me as a, a pastor is I want us to be ready for Jesus to come back. Even if he doesn't come back in our lifetime, I want us to be ready. And uh, so as you open up to Matthew chapter 24, we'll go to the Lord in prayer one more time for, for the uh, preaching of the word. You know, keep in mind, the Bible is God's word without error. But all human beings, other than the Lord Jesus, God the Son who became a man without ceasing to be God, all other human beings are fallible. And so um, I could take God's perfect word today and butcher it and lead people astray, and we don't want that to happen. So we respect the word of God here. God has spoken to us in his word, and we don't want to misrepresent it. So we pray that God cancels the man and, uh, and anoints the preacher, whoever that may be on that particular Sunday, to proclaim God's truth and not to uh, lead anyone astray. So let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, in Jesus' precious name, Lord, I thank you that there's, there's still people in Kitsap County in this church and many other churches that are meeting throughout our, our county. We know not all churches are good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching churches, uh, but the ones that are, there, there's a remnant in our county, in our state, in our country, and throughout the world. And so I, I am grateful, Lord, that we still have people who are hungry for your truth and are fed up with the lies that this world is, is trying to program us with. And, um, and so, Lord, the, the people that are here today, they came here to hear your word proclaimed not to hear fake news, not to hear the lies of man. And so I just pray, Lord, that you would anoint me, a fallible person, you would anoint me with your spirit to proclaim your truth so I would not lead anyone astray. I pray you'd give everyone the courage to test what is preached from this pulpit, to test it with your word, for that is the final authority. Your word is the final authority. I pray that your spirit would open hearts and minds, including my own, to understand truth from your word, and that your Holy Spirit would empower us to apply these truths to our lives. And Lord, I just pray that uh, we would be fully committed to you, your son, and your spirit, and that we would live for Jesus and not for ourselves that we would love you with everything we got and love our neighbor as ourselves as we speak the truth in love and proclaim 
the gospel message of salvation through Jesus until you return. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be ready, spiritually ready, uh, maybe even physically ready as well, but to be spiritually ready um, for your son's return. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Now, with the end time prophecies, I've often said this, I'll say it again till the day Jesus comes back or the day I die, that Jesus and the Bible, I think, purposely made the end time prophecies, the signs that would precede the return of Jesus Christ to the planet Earth, purposely made these passages so vague that every generation of Christians believed Jesus could return in their lifetime. So you go on through the, the early church, talked about who they thought the Antichrist was, uh, usually the reigning em, em, Roman emperor of that day. And they thought they were in the tribulation and that Jesus could return uh, during their life. And so they wanted to be ready. But throughout history, uh, every generation believed Jesus could return in their lifetime. And it's not because God wants to deceive us, but it's because God wants us to be ready. Okay. How many of us, I teach at a Christian school, and I, I kind of think this way too, but it's just human nature being what it is. How many of us would do a better job at work if we thought our boss might show up that day unexpectedly? Okay, um, Well, our boss might show up unexpectedly. Okay, And God doesn't want us... Um, to be blinded by this. He wants us to be children of light. And he wants us to heed the warnings that he's given us. So the end time prophecies are so vague that every generation of Christians believed Jesus could return in their lifetimes and that encouraged them to live godly lives. But he made the end time, God made the end time prophecies so specific that the last generation would know for sure. Okay? The problem is, you know, Jesus says when you see the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place, head for the hills. Well, that's the Antichrist in the temple proclaiming to be God, demanding he be worshipped. They issue the mark of the beast. Um, that's really late in the ball game, you know. So, so uh, you know, they start rebuilding the temple. I mean, there's a reason why John's given his, his prep classes. Even if Jesus doesn't return in our lifetime, what makes us think America is going to be prosperous and healthy until Jesus comes back? No, we're going to go the way eventually of all other nations, of all other empires. And it's kind of a, a law of energy deterioration among nations. And, um, and so uh, John's helping us to prepare for those difficult times, okay? Uh, but if we're getting closer to the return of Christ, if it's, if it's possible that Jesus could return in our lifetime, then we really better be ready. So let's look first at Matthew 24. We'll be looking at a few passages, Matthew 24, Revelation 13 uh, specifically. But Matthew 24, starting at verse 1. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another 
that shall not be thrown down. Now, he was talking about the temple destruction in 70 AD. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives just outside Jerusalem, disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So they're asking for, you know, they're kind of confusing things. So they're asking him a question about what, what's, when's this going to come down, you know, and this and that, 70 AD type thing. They didn't, they didn't know that that's different from the second coming of Christ. So Jesus tries to answer both of them uh, in, in one thing. But he talks primarily here about uh, his second coming uh, when he's going to return at the end of the age. And, um, and so we're going to look at some of these signs. Now, by the way, if you, if you go to our, our website, philfernandez.org, you know, Pat's got it set up so well, you go to philfernandez.org, and Fernandez is, is with an S, not a Z, and, uh, and then above my photo, you click on Sermon Audio. That gives you access to 1,800 sermons that we've done over the years, and you can click on Sermons, then click on Series, and you can go to the End Time Prophecy Series, I think about 18, 19 sermons. So we're going to cover a lot of material today. We broke it down about a year ago, okay, where you can, um, you can look into that and break it down one at a time. You might also want to put at least the audio on, on flash drives and things of that sort. So if, if the government ever decides to shut down the Internet, uh, you might still have the ability uh, to listen to that. But, but that's a, it was a sermonaudio.com slash IBD. It's another way of getting to it. Or the philfernandez.org website. Um, and so Jesus is now going to talk about the sign of his coming and the end of the age. Verse 4. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. I mean, here's a message right there, especially for us today with all the fake news we're getting. People just blatantly lying and, and shooting the baloney. And so many Americans are just like hanging on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Believe in lies that are being thrown at us. Take heed that no one deceives you. You, you know the only guarantee you're not going to be deceived by others? I'll tell you right now, I don't care how smart you are, you'll be deceived by others. Unless you get grounded in the Word of God, the 66 books of the Bible. And, uh, but take heed that no one deceives you. Verse 5, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, I am the Messiah, and, and will deceive many. So watch out for false Christ. And you will hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, that's diseases, and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows, literally the beginning of birth pains. And when a lady is about to have a baby, the birth pains increase in frequency and intensity as you get closer to the birth of the baby. Well, these birth pains, these sorrows will increase in frequency and in, and in uh, intensity as we get closer to the return 
of Christ. So all these things are the beginning of sorrows or birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. So as we get closer to the return of Christ, you know, if, if it's your goal, if it's your goal to be a good Christian and to be real popular in the world, those are mutually exclusive goals. It's not our job to try to get people to hate us, but it's going to come down. The day's going to come. There's not going to be any nation you can run to um, where you're going to be Mr. or Mrs. Popular. You'll be hated by all nations for my namesake. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Uh, some translations read, and many will, will fall away, falling away of the faith that the book of Revelation and 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 talk about. So as, as there's this falling away of the faith, you know, what's, what's called Christianity. By the way, the mainline Christian denominations are primarily heretical right now. Now you do, praise God, you'll get like the, the Lutheran Missouri Synod or the Wisconsin Synod. Um, you'll get some Presbyterian branches. So some of the mainline denominations still preach the word of God and believe the word of God. But as a whole, the major denominations have fallen away. Now we see evangelicalism, which is supposed to be those groups, of, they, they, those branches of Christianity that will not give up on God's word. We now see them uh, lacking faith in God's word, giving up on God's word, taking you know human wisdom, self-help garbage, and uh, and proclaiming that. So we're seeing a falling away of the faith uh, right now. And at that point, then many false prophets will arise and deceive many. A, a, a prophet proclaims God's truth to the people. So a false prophet claims he's proclaiming God's truth to the people, he or she, yet uh, they're really proclaiming falsehoods. Verse 12, and because lawlessness will abound. You don't think lawlessness is abounding right now? Watch the news. Okay? You want to see lawlessness and deception, turn on CNN and watch a reporter at a uh, politically correct uh, protest with buildings burning in the background, people screaming and, and M-80s going off, sometimes there's gunfire, and they'll say, the guy will say, this is mainly a peaceful protest, okay? And, uh, and boy, I pray for the person who's sitting down and saying, oh, wow, that's nice to know. I wouldn't have known that if you didn't tell me, you know? It's just, it's like, uh, you know, I feel like maybe if, 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 if my principal walked into my classroom and the kids were sleeping and yelling and throwing stuff across the room. Hopefully I can convince my principal. This is, this is mainly an, an orderly classroom, you know. Uh, so, but uh, false prophets will arise up and deceive many. You, uh, if there's a false prophet out there, Oprah will interview him or her. They're, you know, she's, she's got them all. And, uh, uh, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. We're seeing lawlessness today. You got, I got, we got a lot of, we've had people from this church who have moved to uh, conservative states where there's still some semblance of freedom. States like Texas, Idaho, Florida, okay? And praise God for them. But I said jokingly once, you ought to just flee to California, probably the most liberal state around, because they allow you to steal the shoplift up to $950 a day. 
And so I figured, well, I can work 20 days a, a month and uh, make a really good uh, career out of that. But that's lawlessness. You got in the, in the Oakland, uh, San Francisco area, you got, uh, was it Walgreens? They're just, they're just shutting down and leaving. How are you supposed to make a profit when people are allowed to come in and steal and you're not going to arrest them? That's lawlessness. You know, why did God institute human government? To stop lawlessness. So when you have human government promoting lawlessness, uh, you know things are getting bad. Um, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. We're seeing the love of many grow cold. I mean, we have a culture that encourages young ladies to have their, their offspring aborted. Motherly love is probably the greatest attainable human love apart from godly agape love. And when that goes in a culture, you're going down. Um, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So when the gospel is preached to all nations... That's the final sign. Then we'll know, wow, Christ's return is real near. Now the thing is, has the gospel been preached to all nations? Yes. What we call all nations, the gospel's been preached. But in the Greek, I think the word is ethnos. It means ethnic groups. Basically, it's closer to what we would call language groups. And so there still are many countries with tribal peoples without a written language but they have their own spoken language. So New Tribes Missions and, uh, and other missionary uh, organizations are going to these people, learning their language. And a lot of times what they do is they just learn enough of their language to take the old 1970s Jesus film and then dub in with their words. Um, the gospel, so for some of these people, the first motion picture they've ever seen is the Jesus film, and it's not uncommon for 20 to 30% of the tribal peoples who see this film get saved right then and there. So pray for that, but just recognize when the gospel has been preached to all language groups, uh, then the end will come. Verse 15, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of, you know, that disgusting thing spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, that's the temple, so we know the temple's got to be rebuilt in the last days. The temple was demolished in 70 A.D. There hasn't been a temple there since. But we've we're got plans going. Um, the, the Jews have plans to rebuild the temple. Uh, they're training their priests for the sacrifices. And, uh, and it, I think all it's going to take is that peace treaty signed by some leader with charisma that's, that he's going to enforce, the leader's going to enforce, is going to turn out to be the Antichrist, and uh, that will give permission to the Jews to build, um, rebuild the temple. But the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place is either going to be the Antichrist going into the temple proclaiming to be God, or the statue of the Antichrist in the temple that is given life, according to the book of Revelation. Um, but he says, whoever reads, let him understand. Verse 16, then let those who are in Judea, the southern region of Israel, 
where Jerusalem is, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But what are those who are pregnant? Because it's going to be hard to escape. To those uh, who are nursing babies in those days, hard to escape. And then Jesus throws in this jab and pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. Winter, it's hard to move around there. The Sabbath, you're supposed to rest on the Sabbath day, so the Jewish rabbis had added all these technicalities. How many feet you're allowed to travel on the Sabbath day? And then if you want an extension of those feet, what you have to do, you know, tear off part of a cloak and put it down, you get an extension. And it's like, you keep doing that, man, you ain't going to get away. So Jesus says, you know, you, he's, Jesus is saying, you legalistic Pharisees, you better hope you don't have to flee on a Sabbath day because you're toast if you do. Uh, verse 21, for then there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. But unless those days were shortened, I believe they'll be shortened by the second coming of Christ to the planet Earth, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe him. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. There's going to be demonic miracles in the last days. See, I have told you beforehand, therefore, if they say, look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. You realize that Jehovah's Witnesses teach that Jesus secretly and invisibly returned to Brooklyn, New York. And was it 1917? And, uh, and no, we don't, we don't believe that stuff. When Jesus returns, it's going to be obvious. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will be the coming will the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. You know where the, the carcass is when you look and you see the eagles flying around up top. We see the signs of the time. Uh, we'll know that Christ's return is near. Now here is the coming of the Son of Man in verses 29 through 31. Uh, this is something that even Satan cannot duplicate cannot counterfeit, okay? Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So let's take a look at some of these signs, and then we'll move on from there. The uh, first sign that I listed was the regathering of Israel in the Promised Land. Hey, the, the Jews are very unique. Here they were, a people that were tied into their land and in 70 A.D., they were dispersed. Yet, they maintained their national heritage for almost 2,000 years. And almost always, they would end up in a, in a foreign country. They'd learn the language of the people without giving up 
on, on their language and their heritage, and they would often excel in that culture, and then they'd get blamed. Anytime there were problems with the economy or whatever, they would get blamed, and the, the, the culture would turn on them. We see that in, in Stalin's uh, uh, Soviet Union. We see that in Hitler's Nazi Germany. And uh, so after World War II, the United Nations, uh, America and Great Britain, decided the Jews needed a home. Let's put them back in their homeland because there's very few people that were still scattered out there. So uh, it's really, really weird. A globalist, the evil, demonic guy, um, uh, one of the Rockefellers said, because, it, 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 see, man's goal, put the Jews back in the land, and then America and Great Britain have an ally, and we can start building our new world order through the United Nations. That was man's goal. Well, it set things back because the Arabs, Arab Muslims didn't like the Jews, and it caused more problems for the New World Order, for the globalists. Uh, so uh, one of the Rockefellers said, if we had to do it all over again, uh, we would have put them in Arizona. And, uh, and it's like, what do, you, do you think you own the world? And the answer is yes. The guy thinks he owns the world. But let me tell you, uh, God didn't want his people in Arizona. Don't get me wrong, Arizona's a nice place. If you can handle 110 degree weather, no humidity though. But Arizona's a nice place, but God didn't want his people in Arizona. He wanted them in Israel. And so what man meant for evil, God is going to work for good. And so the, the regathering of Israel, the promised land, you get a time, read Ezekiel 37, the old song, the the thigh bone connected to whatever, you know, I'm not good at anatomy, I failed anatomy. And, but you got all these bones coming together, the valley of dry bones, and it's, it's talking, and right there Ezekiel tells you, God's word tells you that God's going to bring the Jews from all over the world, bring them back into the land in the last days. Then it goes into Ezekiel 38 and 39, invasion of Israel from a powerful uh, uh, nation to the north and their confe confederacy. Uh, you get a chance too if you're taking notes, Ezekiel chapter 37, also Amos chapter 9 verses 14 and 15 uh, and Isaiah 11 verses 10 and 11 and they talk about the fact that in the last days God will bring Israel back to the land. Uh, Amos 9, 14 and 15 said that the second time God brings them back into the land, they'll never again be uprooted. So I can't tell you if Jesus is going to come back in our lifetime or 100 years from now or 20 years from now. But what I can tell you is the word of God says the Jews will not be uprooted from their land. Now, when you see how stressful it is out there, how much longer can they stay there without God intervening? And the next intervention of the God of the Bible is the second coming of Jesus Christ to the planet Earth. And uh, Isaiah 11, verses 10 and 11 talk about that as well. But the regathering of Israel in the Promised Land, that's, that's going on. Since 1948, they became a nation. 1967, took full control of Jerusalem. Um, under Do President Donald Trump, we finally recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Okay? Um, 
you have an increase in natural disasters, earthquakes, tidal waves, famines, diseases, like the coronavirus, diseases. You have, we have wars and rumors of war. An increase in lawlessness. When we look at the abortion industry, uh, homosexuality, immorality, violence, riots, looting, uh, transgenderism, gay marriage, drug abuse, man's love growing cold. We see again the violence of the riots and the looting and the abortion and euthanasia, genocide, even the slaughtering of entire groups of people, democide, death by government, 20th century alone. Uh, between 170 million and 320 million people were killed by their own governments. Dr. R.J. Rummel, University of Hawaii, uh, coined the term democide, death by government. And uh, critical race theory, we're teaching people to hate other people just because of the color of their skin. All in the name of ending racism. It's just really crazy on terrorism. So man's love is growing cold. Um, lawlessness is increasing. Um, we have the FDA. We're supposed to trust in the FDA for all the medical wisdom that they're giving us. Um, yet recently, uh, documents were revealed. There was court orders to get them to reveal it, that they wanted uh, parts of the bodies of aborted babies fresh and not frozen. So on Sheridan, where abortions are occurring, you'll, you'll see, like, I don't know if it's FedEx drivers or if they got their own transporters picking up little boxes. They keep track of that, the pro-lifers that, that the Vitatos work with over there. Man's loves grow cold. And you, you know what it's for? Uh, the humanized mice program. Humanized mice <clears throat> And I'm supposed to trust the FDA? I'm telling you, man, back in the 1960s, I had a Jewish doctor, Dr. Alterbaum. Bring that dude back. I trusted him. I'm not sure I trust what's going on right now. I think we, we've got medicine, the news, everything's been politicized. And it's anti-Christian politics. Man's love is growing cold. We have an increase in, in, in uh, lawlessness. Uh, then you have... Uh, Number eight, mass inflation. Revelation chapter 6, we don't have time to look there, but Revelation chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, says in the last days, it's going to take a, a whole day's work just to buy enough food to stay alive. Okay? And it's going to be bland food. I mean, you're going to be eating bread. But it says don't hurt the oil or the wine. So what I'm telling you is don't worry about Bill Gates or George Soros. Okay? Or uh, the guy that lives in the White House right now. Those guys are going to be doing fine. Okay? Nobody's going to mess with the oil and the wine, but, um, but the regular working man that these guys tell, just trust in us. We love you more than you love yourself. We love your kids more than you love your kids. We'll take care of you. No, you won't. No, you won't. And uh, you allow powerful, hungry, wannabe dictators to redistribute the wealth. The powerful, hungry dictators, they get most of it. And uh, that's, the, that's what I call the deification of the state, treating the, the government as if it's God, and then uh, 
and then the government's going to decide who lives and who dies. Um, we don't have time to turn there, but in Second Peter chapter three, verses three to nine, we find out about last day mockers. There's going to be people mocking us, saying, "Where's the sign of his coming? Where's the sign of Jesus' coming?" You got psychological evaluation tests right now that say things like. Um, do, do you believe in the second coming of Christ to the planet Earth? And some guys, by saying yes, have lost opportunities to be police officers or to enter into some other career because they were found to be psychologically unbalanced. Okay? Um, so last day mockers say, where's the sign of his coming? For Ever since the fathers fell asleep, ever since the ancient guys died, everything continues as it was before, no intervention from God, all just regular events, no miracles. So uh, we're on our own. We don't have to worry about God. You know, even some of our founding fathers were deists who believed that God didn't perform miracles. Okay? And what, what Peter says is what they ignore is that God created the universe, okay, and that God flooded the entire earth. Guess what? Those are the two main things that are denied by evolutionists today. So you take God out of the picture, you assume no creation by God, no global flood. Now you try to explain the fossil record by something other than um, the global flood. And you try to come up with how life came into existence, even human life. You try to explain that without God. And so you need billions of years. And so... You work with the numbers and you bring it about. Well, we've got last day mockers right now. Okay? Um, it amazes me that news commentators and people running for political office, there's still enough Americans where they can talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. And these guys are not even like outspoken Christian guys. They're just standing up for what is right and they go to a Catholic or a Protestant church, but just to hear some of the conservative talk show radio guys speaking about the Lord Jesus and, and all. So there is a remnant. We're not alone, but, but we're in the midst of last day mockers. There's going to be false Christ, guys claiming to be the Messiah or uh, claiming to be the Savior of the world. I'm the true Savior, you got to trust in me, and false prophets, okay? Uh, I'm telling you, too, uh, you get a chance. 2007, I gave a, a talk on the biblical perspective of, you, of the UFO movement, and you can still find that on you, YouTube, and um, there's a lot of, you know, in these alien abduction cases, these space brothers claim... Um, that they created us. Jesus is just one of them. They created us. Now we're going to blow the planet up unless we trust in them for salvation. Okay? And the thing is, too, is the most common view of the UFO movement is not that they're from other planets. The researchers know, no, they come from another dimension. They just appear in our atmosphere and then manifest themselves physically and then violate the laws of physics with... 90, their craft take 90 degree, perfect 90 degree turns going over a thousand miles an hour and things of that sort. So, um, so there's a lot of deception. I'm telling you, uh, 
Look at my lecture on paranormal apologetics. Uh, we've really got, you know, uh, we, there's some stuff we don't like to talk about because atheists think, oh, that's weird stuff. There's a lot of weird stuff to atheists that shouldn't be weird to us. And so I'm even talking like Bigfoot sightings and things of that sort. We need to really, when people have questions about that, we need to go to the Bible and give them good biblical answers. How many of us know that Bigfoots just appear or disappear? Many of the eyewitnesses say, well, you know, I didn't want to tell anybody else, but the thing just appeared, and after a while it just disappeared. I'm, all I'm saying here, and I'm not, I'm not here to change your view on UFOs or Bigfoot, but I am here to encourage you to interpret the world in which we live through the lenses of the Bible. And guess what? The Bible says the world is a lot stranger than evolutionists and our philosophy and science professors tell us. There are, there are things called, entities called demons, unclean spirits, deceiving people. Paul said in the last days people were going to fall prey to doctrines of demons and, uh, and believe in myths. So false Christ and false prophets. How do you test a, a, a false prophet? Jesus said false prophets come to us as wolves in sheep's clothing. Now, if they came to us as wolves in wolves' clothing, I might be out of a job. You wouldn't need people who dedicate their lives to studying God's Word because you'd say, oh, that's a wolf. I'm going to stay away from that wolf. But the wolf uses Christian terminology and sounds so good that the wolf comes dressed up like a sheep. How are you, how are you going to tell that it's a wolf in sheep's clothing and not a real a real sheep, uh, by knowing the word. The sword of the spirit, the word of God, by getting grounded in God's word. So false Christ and false prophets. Then Daniel chapter 12, verse 4 says there's going to be an increase in speed of travel and an increase in knowledge, which, which basically means technology. Look what's going on now. You got like the transhumanism movement. These guys, I'm, I'm telling you, I think behind a lot of the globalist thinkers and transhumanism, they want like either animal-human hybrids to make universe, uh, uh, humans bigger, stronger, smarter, or they want computer-human hybrids. Okay, but I, I think what's going on is the big the big secret out there is a thing called genetic entropy. The human genetic code is deteriorating. And whenever I read works written by these guys, they never give you dates. They never let you know how long we're going to go before humans, the human genetic code is going to be so mutated we won't be able to reproduce anymore. And the genetic nosedives, only the Lord knows how bad they're going to be. Okay, But in other words, the human race, the days are numbered. So a lot of these billionaire globalists are trying to figure out how could they counter that not for us, but for them. And so believe me, they would love to experiment on us and see if there's ways of extending life expectancy because they want theirs. They, you know, they want to eat from the tree of life in the garden. God didn't allow us to do it. When we fell and we ate the, from the forbidden fruit, 
God prevented us, put two cherubim guarding uh, the garden, two angelic beings. These guys want to live forever in this fallen state, and they don't want to worship God. And, uh, but we get this increase in technology. Uh, how many people know that Bill Gates got the United States patent um, zero, number 060606, where he has the patent on through nanoparticles, if he has his way, if he throws his little Billy Gates tantrum and has his way, and the governments allow him to, he'll be able to track every human being on the planet Earth. Okay? Don't forget, the Tower of Babel, when God intervened, what did he say? He said, they all speak one language, now nothing will be impossible for them to do. So whenever we reach a point where mankind can do whatever he sets out to do, if mankind is still in rebellion against God, that's not good news. And we're going to kill ourselves. We're going to blow this planet up. God has to intervene. He intervened at the Tower of Babel. He's going to intervene, I believe, in the near future. Um, you know, we're talking about cloning human beings. Um, the debate at Ivy League schools is not, should we have animal-human hybrids? The debate at Ivy League schools is, when we have animal-human hybrids, should they be the leaders and we be the slaves, naturally born humans, uh, or should naturally born humans be the master race and should we program the animal-human hybrids to fight our wars and be our slaves? But there's no debate about whether we should do it or not. You know why? The only reason why we would say, no, we should not do that is if there is a God and we need to submit to him. It's not our business to try to play God. He's in the creation business, not us. And um, uh, so an increase in technology, an increase in the speed of travel, we've got we've to be careful. Don't get to the point where the whole world can be enslaved and you don't care as long as they don't mess with this. As long as you're on your, your smartphone, you can care less what's going out there. Believe me, they'll give you virtual reality. You can be, uh, you can live on potato chips and Coca-Cola, weigh 450 pounds, be days away from a heart attack. They'll give you some virtual reality, probably an implant in the head. You probably won't even need the goggles. You can be LeBron James. And so you, you, you live in your little government cubicle, you work at your little government job, and then you go home and and the, the fake world, the virtual reality world, becomes your real world. Don't fall for that. Stay in the real world. Stay away from fake news. And be people of truth. So increased technology, increased speed of travel. It's interesting to read the medieval guys, and they said that if we ever... <laughs> he's a brilliant scientist and all in there, but... Um, even the founders, some of the founders of modern science, they said if we, if we ever were able to move at 60 miles an hour, the guy's face would contort and, you know, and, and uh, we move a lot faster than that now. Uh, also, there'll be an increase in man's destructive power. I mean, Revelation 6 is a passage, Revelation 6, verses 7 and 8, and Revelation 9, verse 15, says that in the last days, a few years before Jesus returns, 
one of every four human beings will die. And then, at a later event, one of every three human beings will die. So if you started with 100 people, and you took away one-fourth, now there's 75 left. Then you take away another third, now there's only 50 left. Since you started with 100, that's telling us, not even including people who die of natural causes, and people who die from persecution, one of every two people on the planet Earth is going to die. Okay? So you have a tremendous slaughter in the last days and an increase in man's destructive powers. Um, by the way, biochemical warfare is the way to go for a lot of the wannabe globalists. Because you can't, you can't just nuke everybody. Then he's like, oh, wow, I'll be dead before the radiation's gone. And, uh, but if you go through biochemical warfare, you can wipe out entire groups of people. And um, um, that's one of the reasons why I don't, I don't like getting in, uh, in debt to communist China. How are we going to pay them back? Is it going to be on their terms? Homie don't like that. Um, and it'll be an increase in population. There's going to be an army, Revelation 9, 15 to 16, 200 million men. Um, you can't get an army like that unless there's a great increase in population. Now we see the world's population well over 7 billion. You got a lot of globalists who want to cut us back to about half a billion. Um, Bill Gates said years, years ago, he said one of the best ways uh, to depopulate the planet is through vaccines. So um, I'm not a big Bill Gates fan. Uh, there'll be signs in the sky. The Luke 24 passage, we just saw Matthew 24, 29 to 31. Uh, it seems that there'll be a seven-year peace treaty signed by the Antichrist and many people. Daniel 9, 24 to 27 talks about that. Um, the temple's going to be rebuilt, possibly due to the seven-year peace treaty. The temple will be rebuilt and the sacrifices will resume until the Antichrist, the guy who signs the peace treaty, everybody's looking at him as the man of peace, he goes into the temple, proclaims himself to be God, and uh, then puts an end to the sacrifices. That's when Jesus says, head, head for the hills. Um, uh, and then uh, I think it's going to be a Russian invasion of Israel, a mighty power to the north of Israel is going to align with, the, there's the ancient names for Iran, Libya, Turkey, this confederacy. By the way, all the countries that we're talking about are not real fond, that's an understatement, not real fond of Israel, okay? And uh, so this is going to be this confederacy, Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39, and God is going to miraculously give Israel uh, the victory there. Now look at Revelation chapter 13. Book of Revelation. Chapter 13. And we'll see some more signs. Christ's return, things to look for. <clears throat> Revelation 13, starting at verse 1. Then I stood on the sand of the sea and saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his head heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, 
His feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon, we learn from Revelation 12, 9, the dragon is Satan. And the dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. <clears throat> the beast here in Revelation talks about the end-time global government, but it also talks about one individual who will head that government. Um, by the way, these beasts, you can look at the book of Daniel. I think what you have in the last days is a combination of the, the ancient Babylonian uh, empire, the empire of the Meds and the Persians, the empire of the Greeks, and the, the uh, Roman Empire all rolled up into one. And, um, and it's going to have a 710 configuration, 10 leaders of 10. The world's going to be broken down into 10 regions. Aurelio Pesci, the Club of Rome in 1968, they came out with a document where they broke down the world into 10 different regions. That's why there's going to be a push towards the, New, North, uh, the North American Union, the United States, Mexico, and Canada. Why would we want to combine our economy with Canada and especially not Mexico? Well, this president's doing a good job destroying our economy, so we're not going to be much, much better than them. Okay? Uh, president George W. Bush was trying to get the North American Union, and then 9-11 happened and set things back. But that's probably going to be one of the regions, uh, the European Union, one of the regions, uh, the African Union, the Middle East Union, okay? But the world's going to be broken down into ten regions. There might be a United Nations Council of Seven that uh, Gorbachev was calling for this years ago. There might be a Council of Seven, and it might be one of those leaders that the leaders of the ten regions give all their power to. But it says, and I saw one of his heads, one of the seven heads, as if it had been mortally wounded, a mortal, deadly head injury. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. That's the Antichrist. So they worshipped the dragon, that's Satan, who gave authority to the beast, that's the Antichrist. And they worshipped the beast, saying... Who is like the beast and who is able to make war with him? So he's going to have a military monopoly. Nobody can mess with this guy who has this demonic resurrection and then goes into the temple, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and proclaims to be God. And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and he was given authority to continue for 42 months, three and a half years before the return of Christ. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. And it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. So he's going to rule the world. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Anyone who doesn't trust in Jesus for salvation will eventually, you know, uh, cave in and worship the Antichrist. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 says, those who reject the truth are vulnerable to the lie. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity, captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. See, people are going to be taking us captive, and they're going to be killing us. And Jesus says, be patient, because I'm coming back. 
And when I come back, I'm going to make things right. Don't, don't mess with God's children, okay? A lot of false teachers say, don't mess with God's anointed. They're not God's anointed. But you show me a godly Christian who loves the Lord, and they get persecuted for their faith? You know, back in Jersey, back in Jersey, you would, you would never mess with some kid if they had a rough big brother. Okay? Let me give a warning to Bill Gates, George Soros, the president, even that guy over there in the Vatican, <clears throat> Pope Francis. Don't mess with Jesus' people. Get things right with Jesus now. You mess with his people, you're messing with him. What did Jesus ask Paul? He said, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Paul never met Jesus. Who are you? He said, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. And he understood. You mess with Jesus' people. You mess with Jesus. We need to love and pray for those who persecute us, but pity them too. Because our king is coming back. Um, verse 11, Then I saw another beast <clears throat> coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and spoke like a dragon. <clears throat> so he looks like a lamb, <clears throat> a man of peace, uh, possibly a, a religious leader, a messianic imposter. And it says, and he exercises all the authority of the first beast in the presence, in his presence, and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. That's the Antichrist. <clears throat> and he performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he has granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image of the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, so the image even breathes. Yeah, I don't know if this is going to be some transhumanism uh, event or what, but he's granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast for is the number of a man. His number is 666. We already have the ability to track every human being on the planet Earth. We've got a thing called uh, Luciferus, which is like Lucifer ace, that uh, enables... You could tell if, if people, uh, they wanted to use it for the vaccination. There's a debate about whether or not they put those nanoparticles in there. But you could tell with, uh, with an app on a smartphone who has received it, who hasn't. Um, we have the ability to track every human being on the planet Earth. That, that technology is there. And with the transhumanism movement, with... Um, uh, all this stuff going on, somehow this image of the beast doesn't sound like a technology that's too far away from now. But, uh, but what we see here is a global... And by the way, we even have political leaders who think like this. 
Mayor de Blasio of New York City, if you don't have proof of the so-called vaccine, you can't buy or sell in New York City. So you've got to have a medical procedure done to you to, to your body before de Blasio say you could do you can buy or sell. People are buttonheads with him, but the day's gonna come. This is gonna be done <clears throat> on a global scale. <clears throat> so Revelation 13 tells us there'll be a global government broken down into ten regions. There'll be a miracle-working leader with great charisma who receives a, a mortal head wound and then enters the temple. He uh, has this demonic resurrection, enters the temple, and claims to be God. Uh, you'll have a miracle-working global religious leader backing the Antichrist. There'll be the mark of the beast, the 666, on the right hand or the forehead. You can't buy or sell without it. Revelation 14, 9 to 11, if you receive the mark, You'll be damned forever. And then you have the image of the Antichrist <clears throat> comes to life. Uh, other signs, you have the end time global false church talked about here in Revelation 13 around the worship of the Antichrist. Revelation chapter 17, uh, Matthew 24 verse 10, the apostasy, the falling away of the faith. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3 talks about that as well. Uh, but the gospel will be preached to all nations, and then the end will come. <clears throat> so monitor that and support that, the uh, preaching of the gospel uh, to different language groups. And there'll be an increase in persecution of Christians. Jesus said will be hated in all nations. There won't be any place to run for religious freedom. Our founding fathers came to America for religious freedom. Increase the persecution of Christians. Uh, I left out one, number 27. I would add global hatred of the Jews. Zechariah 14, 1 to 5. The Jews are going to be so hated that all nations will invade Israel in the last days. And then Jesus is going to come back and, and take care of that. And uh, so I just want to close with Matthew 24. Matthew 24. After talking about the end times, Matthew 24, verse 36, <clears throat> Jesus says, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Okay? Well, since we don't know the day or the hour, then verses 42 to 44, Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So we need to be ready. Is, is Jesus going to come back in our life? I don't know for sure, but we, what I do know for sure, the Bible commands us to be ready. And then one more pass, passage in Luke 17. Luke chapter 17. Again, talking about the end times, Luke 17, 32 and 33. Jesus talks about here that uh, about the Son of, Son of Man returning and that you got to be ready to flee when the end comes. But in verses 32 and 33, remember Lot's wife. 
Remember when Lot, when the angels had Lot and his family fleeing, his his wife and his two daughters fleeing from Sodom, when God was raining fire and brimstone on there, God told him, don't look back. She stopped. She didn't want to let go. And she looked back. It's my prayer that none of us look back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. And so remember Lot's wife. She wasn't ready. She was too attached to all the worldly stuff that she had, and she didn't want to leave it. Let me tell you, this present world is going to get demolished. If Jesus doesn't interrupt it, the whole thing would blow up. Don't get too attached to the things of this world. Thank God for the blessings he's given you. Share those blessings with others. Support the preaching of the gospel. But recognize everything that you have can be taken away from you except Jesus. Okay, and I'm, I'm telling not just food, clothing, shelter, your car, your job, even your family can be taken from you. Even your family can be taken from you. God promises to get to meet our needs, but in the end, all we need is Jesus. And so, trust in King Jesus. Remember Lot's wife. Don't look back. Be ready, for our king will come. There's mockers out there. Let him mock. King Jesus is coming back. And he may come back in our lifetime. And we need to be ready. Let's close with a word of prayer.